You notice that it cuts us off, like, in the very beginning? Yes. It's because I don't let let Skype wait a second. So, anyway, I, I can just cut it off. Anyway, guys, welcome back to Transit Talk with Ray and Yomi. And this is November's episode, and we have a plethora of things to talk about. It's kind of a review time, which is very fitting for Mars being retrograde now and in Gemini. So we're communicating past stuff we've been doing. Oh, yeah. So we're going to focus on a few things. Um, and let's – what do you want to start with, Yomi? Wow. I guess we could start with one of our biggest predictions. We could start with Elon and his takeover at Twitter because did you see how we walked into Twitter headquarters, girl? The sink. That girl. was so funny. Like, I didn't get it at first, and then when he's like, let the sink in, I was like, oh, my God, dude. I know. I know. I'm just listening to him, and I'm like, oh, my God. His, just the way that he is, it's it's funny. Oh, yeah. So I have – um, I pulled up the Twitter – I have the Twitter founding chart. Which okay. was for March 21st, 2006, and I just put it zero degrees of areas because we don't have a timestamp for that. And then I also got the launch. Wh- which one do you think we should use? Launch, right? Because technically he – him buy- well, wait. So I, I used the time he walked in. Yeah, yeah, for that. But, like, wh- I was just going to compare them mm-hmm. to take the Elon Musk sink. So I want to do a buy wheel. I'll send this to you real quick, too. Okay. Let's see. So we'll do – I mean, we could use the one from, you know, when when it originally, you know, the one we used for the the one recording, um, where it was when Twitter, I think, is when it went into the stock market where it went live. That's right. We used a whole different thing, didn't we? That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Do you still have that one? Let me look for it. I think I have it in my Astro account. I I had a feeling we used something completely different, and of course, normally, you know, me, I'm just like, yeah. Let's just go off and do something completely different than I did before, because that – anyway, I sent you the bi-wheel, because I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, okay. So, I, while she's looking that up, I'll talk about the bi-wheel real quick. So, I did the Elon Musk sink incident, which was October 27th, 2022, at 2.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in San Francisco. And actually, looking at just that chart initially by itself, what was going on? So – Elon isn't no Elon Musk is a cancer, isn't he? Um, let me pull this chart because I just copied that one chart. Elon is he is a cancer sun, late degree Leo moon, and a Virgo late degree Virgo rising with Pluto on the ascendant. He always screams Aquarius to me. I think it's because he's weird. He has Osbergers. Um, okay. his, His Aquarius is in the fifth house. With North Node and Mars. Ah, okay. So we have Saturn on the Ascendant, uh, Aquarius ruling the the uh, first house there. And, you know, what that actually says is that something is testing Twitter's existence when we have Saturn on the Ascendant right there. And uh, with uh, being an Aquarius, that would be something traumatizing or dramatic or abnormal for them. Uh, let's see what you sent me. I just sent you the Elon takeover chart that we used. It was for June. When was it? Doesn't even give me a date. Oh no, that's the wrong chart. I was looking at the wrong one. Elon Twitter takeover. It is for April 25th of 2022. That was when 
the back and forth was going on and then it was approved and you know that was the initial i'm gonna buy the company announcement by elon that was this announcement right yeah and see looking at that chart too so this charts uh monday april 25th 25th 2022 san francisco this is when he was initially talking about it and we we went over this chart um all the planets are on the other side of the house instead of the south side which means that this was all like a battle between twitter ideologues more so than it was elon making a permanent decision so the chart now that we're focusing on for the sink i'm just using the sink as like the day he took over because i mean yeah. that's pretty much what he meant <laughs> Which is so i mean yeah that's that yeah i actually went to his twitter to verify the time of that video and it was 245 so i just used 245 yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, and that gives us a, just like the in moment time. And, you know, so when we're looking at that chart still too, we have Saturn on, on the, on the ascendant, but we also have this stellum of uh, Pisces going on there and we have Jupiter conjunct uh, Neptune there. And also the good fortune aspect, even though Jupiter's technically in Aries at that point. But they're all in the first house mm-hmm. there. So this is saying that there's going to be some sort of good fortune with the Internet because Neptune rules the Internet, guys. The World Wide Web, when yep. – I think it was – when was it? Was it Uranus? It was the Uranus-Pluto conjunction in the 60s that brought on the the um, innovations for the Internet. But the, the essence of the World Wide Web and it being endless and deep – that is associated with Neptune, similar to, like, the ocean and all that. So something good happening with the Internet primarily. And let's see what else is suspecting to that. We have an, um, we have an aspect straight to the Midhaven, so that's good. And then the Midhaven also has Sagittarius up there, which means that um, it, it goes on to mean uh, the, the Jupiter kind of themes again. So something benefic, something informative, uh, doing, quote, unquote, the right thing. Um, there is a lot of optimism with that moon there, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, moon Sagittarius is always super mm-hmm. optimistic. Exactly. I, I have a moon Sagittarius. I'm always like that. <laughs> but, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, then I see, too, you see the um, Mars in uh, – Gemini and that is squaring to Jupiter so there is going to be a lot of backlash and fight about this oh but but yes, he, he's, he's doing the right thing so you know nothing's gonna it's he's gonna have the what did, what did I call it like the Trump curse thing you know how no matter you know Trump could stumble Trump could say stuff that he shouldn't Trump could be a little mean or brash or do something that wouldn't be acceptable but he was just untouchable because he was doing the right thing Exactly same kind of phenomenon will happen here as well and I love the Pluto in the 12th house that em- emphasizes on a power struggle and obviously with it being in the dignity of Capricorn that means that the powers that be are trying to conspire to do something. So I wonder what they're going to try to do to Twitter. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to shut it down somehow. Um, what I can say is, you know, how we've had you, how you said there's meltdowns. I actually, for some reason, I don't get on Twitter often, but I get notifications on my phone. Oh, yeah. And yesterday, and I showed it to my husband. We were just dying laughing. 
at the meltdown. So for some reason, I don't follow this dude. I cannot stand him. And it's LeBron James. Oh, yeah. And what's so ironic is that his birthday is literally right around my husband's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so... I love my husband, by the way, but... Well, was was he born a completely different th- year than your husband, though? No. I think oh. it was literally a few days. Now now I got to check no this. Way. I think it was within... Because I look at my husband, and I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are so arrogant sometimes. <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah, a day before my husband. Exactly a day before. Oh, no way. Yes. Ooh, maybe maybe you're like subconsciously like you know projecting all the things that your husband pisses you off about into LeBron James. Probably, but I just you know to <laughs> me, you know, and and my people that do sports because I don't do sports anymore. But when I was a kid, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. My husband likes to call them the Black Jesus of basketball. You know, LeBron James <laughs> cannot touch MJ. I'm sorry. That's why I don't like him. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So he tweets at yesterday, I don't know Elon Musk, and to be honest, I could care less who owns Twitter, but I will say that if this is true, I hope he and his people take this very seriously because this is scary as fuck. So many damn unfit people saying hate speech is free speech. Now, what I love about this chart, Ray, is that we have Uranus in the North Node in the third house. Yes. Communications are changing. Free speech is coming, people. Yes. Yeah, I was listening to that too. On, um, I think it's that Doctor Turley guy. That's uh, he's not a real doctor, but he's a guy on YouTube, and he was talking about how this is going to change everything. And I mean, it technically is, especially see how much they use social media to try to promote people who don't usually vote and all that. Like mm-hmm. that, that whole it's it's not just the encouragement to vote, but it's like the so many people are programmed through. I've never really liked Twitter because I see the psychological programming that Twitter is. Yep. And it teaches people to not read the full story. It teaches people to uh, make assumptions on statements. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like it. That's why I've never been a huge fan of Twitter. I just kind of resorted to it when I'm like, oh, I guess I should use it for, like, promoting myself. But I still never do great with it. And, And I just, like, I feel like I'm losing brain cells the more I use Twitter. And, you know, for that to be, like, so controlled and, and uh, you know, what's what's sort of programmed a certain way, and then it being considered the the online town square, that terrified me. I understand what Elon Musk is saying, but that idea yeah. terrifies me that Twitter is our, is our community square, because I'm all like, oh, my God. That means mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to make, like, life and death decisions on, like, five words or less. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I get on it for the same reason. That's to promote, really, and then to glance from time to time because there's so much on there. But you're right on what you're saying on how much it could influence people um, because yesterday, I don't know if you if you looked at it, but the Brazilians had their election. Yeah, and there was a conservative uh, that won, wasn't it, right? No, I believe it. Well, last I checked because I haven't been on since last night to look at it, The the, the far left – candidate was the one that won the election and what was so crazy about this election rate is that it went down very much like 2020 went down where the right-leaning candidate was leading for a big majority of of the of the actual tallying of votes and out of nowhere 
this leftist uh, candidate, I forget his name, I think it's Lula, literally just shot past him by very, very few percentage points by, I think it was a, uh, less than 10,000 votes or maybe more than that, but it wasn't very much vote difference. And all over Twitter, all you read was, thank God that Lula won because of um, that the, the Republican or the right-leaning presidents um, being responsible for the Amazon rainforest burning down. And literally every tweet was about climate change and the burning of the Amazon forest and proud that this man won, Lula, because of that alone. And I'm like, are we seriously voting just because something happened at the Amazon forest and it burnt down? Like, do your – does anything else matter to you outside of climate change, quote unquote? Wow. They're yeah. so brainwashed. Exactly. That's, and that's crazy. Yeah. We're oh being programmed in so many ways, not just Twitter, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's a huge um that's one thing I've been concerned about with psychology because I'm really into psychology and I used to want to like go into the actual mental health theory field and all that. Mm -hmm. But then when the, the latest diagnostic statistical manual came out and I started reading on it and then I started like seeing, cause I, I've obviously done, you know, I've worked with uh, social workers and stuff for a long time and I, I just see the way that, that the narrative in the diagnostic statistical manual for mental disorders is, is progressing and the way that, and it just terrified me with, like, I know a lot of people don't read that book, but, like, they made so many new mental disorders that aren't even mental disorders. So they could mm -hmm. start – I know eventually they're hoping to start diagnosing people at random because if they can diagnose you with a mental disorder, they can basically say, well, we need to, you know, involuntarily incarcerate you or take away your gun rights or, you know, mm -hmm. God forbid they do something like – in the, I would, I wouldn't put it past Democrats in the future to like be like, well, maybe we need to revoke people's voting records because they're mentally unfit. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I would like, not be surprised. The more that psychology theory progresses, the more programmed we get. I have so many really good books that like were published in the eighties on psychological programming with like broadcasting and TV and stuff. And once I started reading those books, I was I. I like stopped watching TV. I was just so uh like even shows that we watch sometimes like they they even have, you know, s you know, subliminal narratives in them uh to lean us in certain directions and it just like really mm -hmm. like turns me off cuz I don't like that idea of being controlled like that. Yep. So it's just crazy. But yeah, we are definitely living in 1984. Um but the the good thing is which you know, I I think part of the rest of the world is trying to look look at us and hope that like we, you know, pull ourselves out of what's going on and, and do something because we are technically the last of the free world. And I see a lot of like the Australian sky news where they're all watching us and they're like, we're really hoping that they, you know, figure it out and resolve their problems because, you know, it's just going to get worse for everybody else if we yeah. don't do it. But yeah, it's just freaking crazy. Oh so, no, it is. It definitely what, is. What was it? The show that I've been watching. Watching House of Dragon, um, that show. For anybody that is a fan and watches it, um, you already know that there's incest that takes place in that show. What? Yes, girl. An uncle marries his niece, or <gasps> father, you know, marries the daughter, or brother marries sister. That's how it worked. In th that's how life is in that story. 
And what's crazy is that it's so you, – you see it week to week. We've seen it for 10 weeks because it, it's already ended for the season. And you go on Facebook and you're seeing um, companies or, you know, news articles from like Bustle, for example, telling people that incest is now hot. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, God. Yeah, no. Okay. So And I'm oof. like, no. No, this this is not, you know, and, and we're seeing things. I mean, I, I've been seeing it and I'm like, what? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's happening. People are being conditioned for certain things. Turn your TVs off, people. I don't know what to say. But. Man, I just read my books and, and I watch the shows and I just kind of separate myself from it. And I'm like, y'all are just too 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 brainwashed to yeah no I'm oh good. my god let's try let's try to redirect this to positive <laughs> things so anyway I yeah wanna, sure I want to look at this Elon Musk sink thing so I'm looking at the future houses so we know what he did he obviously is shaking things up how is this going to pan out how is how is Elon Musk being in charge of Twitter going to pan out so we look to the future houses we have the second house we have Kieran and Eris so um. And that, that being in the second house, that has to do with, like, people who are investing in Twitter. So, like, that's one thing that people have been saying. They're like, if the advertisers or the companies are even going to stay in Twitter to, you know, advertise or whatever. So there is going to be a loss uh-huh. in gathering from the Kieran and Eris right there. It's going to be some sort of disruption with the advertisers or how he makes revenue through Twitter. So it, Elon being who who he is... I expect him to kind of have a complete plan, like plan D maybe about how he's going to make revenue and make Twitter relevant because the way that Twitter has been, which it hasn't been that great from what I see in the stocks, but the way that it has been creating revenue is going to go completely out the window because the woke corporations are the ones that are kind of, you know, propping up Twitter as we speak anyway until he took over. So. Then we look in the fifth house, we have Mars and Gemini, so there's going to be on the defense, um, uh, actions with people's speech. We also have Hades in that house, so people are going to be uh, almost, with that being like the, the house of like liberty and freedom and expression, people are almost going to be condemning those who use it almost now, uh, or condemning things that are being said on it, that like it's dangerous or sinister, that sort of thing. Then mm-hmm. when we look in the eighth house, we have Zeus, Mercury, both in Libra. So that's, you know, a balance that that being the eighth house of secrets and collective res- um, like a collective resources. When we're talking about like money, there will be some sort of balance. So that does tell me that he should, especially with Jupiter in the first house, too, that this should be something lucrative at some point, but not right away. And then. You know, with uh, the sun also being in the eighth house there, a complete gutting and transformation of the people who use it, because that's also the conjunction with Venus there. But the fascinating thing I see is the 11th house is empty. I know. I did see that. So that could mean a couple of things. So that could mean, if we want to look at that from like a elemental kind of dignity thing, the 11th house can be of organizations or chaos. So he could be eliminating the traumatizing like programming through Twitter. But another thing that this could possibly mean is Twitter may no longer exist in the future. That's kind of what, I mean, obviously Twitter as we know it will not exist, but the 11th house being empty 
um, when it's a social media thing because, the, you know, the social media is – and, you know, you're, you're not your immediate, like, a family or close friends, but your your network, your outer network of acquaintances and social media is ruled by the 11th house. It is. So with it being empty, that kind of, like, makes me wonder what's going to happen to Twitter. Like, I – I'm wondering if he's just going to, like, re- this might be him renaming it and making it something else. This might be it being completely different than what it ever was. And and he's just going to gut it from every which way and and just use, like, I, I guess the the headquarters and the the da- the um, servers and the, and the technology to, like, just do something completely different. But I, I'm, I'm curious to see what that 11th house being empty would insinuate. What do you think? I mean, I would say there's no energy put towards the social media aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see. I mean, that's, that's literally how I see it. There's no focus on the social media, like you're saying parameters of it. So for all we know, and I'm not, you know, saying anything out of, you know, to me that we'd be out of the way, but, like you said, he could be changing it into something different. Data collection possibly on people and, and individuals, which is very possible. Um, you have Capricorn in part of that house. Right. So I don't know because I, I don't want to say Capricorns are fully controlling people because they're not. Um, but there's going to be, there's going to be changes. Yes. But I think even though it is a free speech platform, there's going to be rules just like in facebook for example where there's certain things you're not going to be able to get away with oh like did you see um he he's already kind of i guess uh um doing not like fact checking i guess Mm -hmm. on some things he fact checked president biden's uh tweet i i I have to go see it for myself but i saw it on on that um steve turley guy's uh youtube yeah He he showed a screenshot of it that he went in and actually corrected something that Biden made up. Oh my god, that's awesome! And I'm just like, holy shit! Like, and he 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 uh, put footnotes for like references, saying this is the part that he made up. This is the part. This is where the real information's from. So think of this. So if most tweets are like you know virtue signaling trash, yep. exactly. And and Elon comes in and and makes this board for you know content and they come in and basically correct everybody who's making shit up do you think people are just going to disappear and stop using it i mean they may but people like us who are always on a constant search of the truth are going to appreciate it um now you do have liars wouldn't maybe all the liars aren't going to tweet anymore no they wouldn't they wouldn't or, you know, in all honesty, they would be shut down as quickly as they post because majority of these are bots. And you can tell that they're bots. Uh, hey, maybe maybe there is that many bots that once he shuts down all the bots that, like, Twitter's just an empty shell. It could be because, remember, a lot of people have walked away from Twitter. Um, I know a lot of people are still waiting to see if Trump's coming back to Twitter. I don't, you know, as much as I, much as I kind of think he, he would because he likes to just poke the bear and likes attention. Yeah. 
I might be projecting because I have the same kind of moon as him, so I'm kind of like that. But, like, I also think that he's too invested in his true social, and he doesn't want to take attention away from that. Probably not, and I don't blame him because, from what I hear, true social has been exploding. Yeah. there's no, I don't know if it's just because I don't follow a lot of people, but, like, I, I search all the time, and I'm just kind of, like, not seeing anything new. Like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not using this right. Well, I've used it a few times. I don't, I don't know. It's I guess because I, I don't know how to use it right. You know what I'm saying? Me yeah. learning something new is like whatever. I don't think I want to take the time. It reminds me a lot of Instagram. So it's like, eh, whatever. But I'll get into it every once in a while to see what he's talking about. Yeah, that's where I go to see what he's talking about because it's pretty much the only place I can go at this point that doesn't censor him. But yeah, so, um, my general. J- my general consensus, I guess, with what's gonna, what Elon Musk is going to do is that he's going to do exactly what he intended to do, what we've talked about. He's intending to gut this entire thing um, by the way that the chart looks. He doesn't even care if he potentially loses the $44 billion he invested into this. He thinks like that's worth an investment if he just completely demolishes Twitter. So he's either going to try to make it something or he's just going to destroy it in the process. That's kind of like the consensus I think I'm coming to. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, another thing, too, I don't know. I wonder if he actually thought that that he had to make sure he had Twitter in his clutches by the time the, the elections happened. Because, you know, he that's something that he was really worried about as well. But I, I do think it's a great time for that. And um, one of the themes that I have been writing down for November is that imp- imploding and uh, they're just like shit hitting the fan is mm-hmm. is like universal. And just with him, even even though from our perspective, him taking over Twitter is a good thing. It shit is still hitting the fan for Twitter and for all social media and all that. So like it, depending, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. Um, definitely shit is hitting the fan with that. So, but that being said, let's go on to more things that shit is hitting the fan about. I no have, problem. <laughs> I have Russia and Ukraine. I was sending you some of those videos recently, the last couple of weeks, about some of the uh, news reports coming out of Europe and Australia and all that. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on now is we have the Mars Square Neptune going. Uh, that's going to be happening on the... 19th of her and what's happening is there's a reality check so the ideal I think that the way the United States is going is that even though we've cut off our reserves and, and our way to, to get gas and whatever and diesel we know secretly that we could just you know Biden could just do that and start pumping again and we have some I'm almost starting to think he's trying to like run the rest of the world dry or but anyway, so we're not we're not scared about the repercussions of the the Nord Stream pipeline being cut off or being uh, destroyed. And so Europe, what I've been seeing is that there's countries that are bordering towards Russia that are starting to side with Russia quietly. And Turkey, I guess, has just now made a deal with Russia to be the new uh, Europe uh, Europe head headquarters for a new pipeline 
which I don't know which direction that's going to go into, but basically even Germany is quietly make, uh, talking to Russia. That's what I was listening to today on a couple yes. of reports. So, like, Germany's going behind, you know, the United States back and talking to Russia. Um, all all those – I can't remember the name of all those countries, but the little ones that technically used to be part of Russia – they're supporting Russia, and now Turkey's supporting Russia, and, like, quietly, they're all basically like, do we want to go along with what the United States wants to do, or do we want to freeze to death? <laughs> you know? Pretty much. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, so basically what's going on with this Mars square Neptune is, um, with it being Gemini, that's the neighborhood or the immediate area. So when you're looking at the third house, that has to do with neighbors, your community, your siblings, things that are in your immediate surroundings. And then versus the world or community, because Neptune is supposed to be the collective consensus, the world, culture, that kind of thing. So when we have Mars squaring, squaring Neptune and we also have Mars retrograde, we're reflecting on our past actions that have brought us to this class, this cult, this global culture clash. And then people have to – reality has to set in because we have also throughout this month uh, Saturn squaring Venus and Saturn squaring Mercury. And so that's a reality check because that's what Saturn's all about is a reality check. Again, even think about the Elon Musk sync chart. Uh, with Saturn being on the first house, reality check for Twitter. So the reality check is, are we going to freeze to death this winter, or are we going to listen to the United States? And even though the United States has, quote-unquote, supposedly the biggest arsenal militarily uh, in the world, what I think it's probably China at this point, but out of the European nations that are allied with the United States, they're just secretly kind of going, well... We're either going to get annihilated by the United States retaliating against us because we don't listen to them because I wouldn't put it past our government to do that, or we're going to freeze to death right now. So we should, you know, do what's in our best interest. So one thing I have been waiting for, and I think you and I have talked about this way before we started doing the podcast, that mm-hmm. Neptune in Pisces is supposed to represent mm-hmm. the dissolving of, of big um, government um uh, organizations and all that, like the EU and NATO. I've been talking yes. about this for years. I'm like, I can't wait. That's the only good thing about Neptune and Pisces, as far as I'm concerned, is when Neptune squared Saturn a few years back, I said, this is the huge generational signature that will cause the dissolve of the EU. And that's right when, like, Brexit started happening and all that. That was just like a um, a foreshadowing of what's to come. So, yeah. We are all going to start separating and being very nationalistic for survival's sake. And that's oh, because yeah. that's because of, um, I think it was one of the Fox um, interviews I was listening to. They said that people right now, the, when you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs, the very bottom tier of that is security, food, and, and, and you know, like just basic survival like you have to have shelter, you have to have food, you have to have water, you have to have heat. Mm-hmm. If that if that basic like you know needs are not met, you don't go to the next one, which is like security, luxuries, you know, philosophical, uh, you know, causes that kind of thing. None of that shit matters, and that's also why there's going to be a red wave this this uh, election because 
they can try to use abortion or climate change or whatever, however they want, which I guess apparently that worked for Brazil. I guess Brazil's not in that um, uh, sticky of a situation yet uh, for him to wake up. But they've been making people struggle, at least in the United States and even in Europe, for a lengthy period of time to go, well, I think we need to do something different because we just can't even survive right now. And so, yeah, so – I'm expecting a resolution between the U.S. and Russia conflict coming soon because you know the United States is not going to just, like, cower and say, oh, well, the rest of the world thinks that what we're doing is a bad idea, so my bad, and I'm just going to, like, back up. It's going to be some sort of methodical narrative about how we decided to let Putin have that part of Ukraine and to let it go for the sake of the people. I could just see that happening. Because I could too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of obviously the motive behind sending money to Ukraine and the conflict is just so Nancy Pelosi and all those people can embezzle the money anyway. Oh no, of course. But so you also got to remember too. Back in two thousand eight, how many times did we? I'm not going to say bow down, but necessarily danced around the Russians. Look at what Clinton did back then when she was Secretary of State. Look what happened when Obama was in office with Crimea. I believe that was 2014. Yep. So there's always this, I want to say, flex of strength from Democrats. But it's like they're the little chihuahua that's just barking and it's so fucking annoying. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yes. So I think it was last month that I said that there should be some sort of resolution coming up for, mm-hmm. yeah, right, right around, uh, it was for the the 25th of October for that uh, Scorpio eclipse. I said, that will be the catalyst for there being some sort of resolve. So I wasn't sure what the resolve would be at that time, but I'm thinking it's going to be this. Like, I don't think that the United States is going to go, yeah, we're going to let it go. I think they're going to see that too many people are turning on them. And instead of them publicly coming out and saying, fuck the United States, they're just going to go, shh, it's okay. It's okay. Let's just pretend this didn't happen and let it go. Yep. yeah, being sneaky sons of bitches like that. Speaking oh, of yeah. speaking of sneaky sons of bitches, going to the next thing, U.S. <laughs> midterms. So we've already discussed our um, our predictions for that. Red wave cross the way, um, yep. regardless if there's a you know voter fraud or not. Which definitely I mean, we do need to look out for because we already know the trick, we know the routine, we know how it rolls. Yep. At least they weren't able to scare us with monkeypox or a second COVID to. But you know what I noticed? I don't. I'm not familiar with all the states, but I've noticed that more states do mail-in ballots now than they used to. Yes, they do. Because I don't remember Nevada being a mail-in ballot state. The one thing that I've seen here in my state, like my Alexa, um, I have a show, an Echo show in the in the in the kitchen, and it flashes headlines and things like that and reminders. And literally for the last two weeks, I've seen vote early or get your mail-in ballot. And it's been daily. Like, it's rolling constantly on the Alexa. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, that's what they're doing here. They're trying to get people in to vote earlier or to vote by mail before going in to vote. Yeah, yeah. I already turned in my ballot, too. And my my family was telling me, they're all like, well, did you turn your ballot in already? I'm like, yeah. And it's like, you weren't supposed to do that. And I'm like, why? Because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. It's like, because they're worried about tampering. I'm yeah, like, oh, I was like, "Oh hell no!" It's like I will be the first. I will be paying attention to that website if it says invalid or not accepted. I will be going down to that courthouse. 
Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. I think the biggest concern is those machines, the Dominion machines. And if people look this up on YouTube, there's a lot of content about how these Dominion machines are used to manipulate and flip elections. So a politician will pay thousands upon thousands of dollars to this company to secure them winning that election. Um, And George Soros makes those machines. Yes, he does. And then what's crazy, and I tried to look up information on this. And I couldn't find it, but I remember watching it in one of these history documentaries with Karl Rove. There was an election in the 1800s. It was 1800s, 1900, early 1900s. I'm not sure when it was, but there was something that went on with the voting and they had to go and they had to make a backdoor deal to, to pick who would be president. And the person that actually lost was the one that became president. What? Because of this deal that was made behind closed doors. So the people didn't vote this president in. A committee, or let's say the elite, decided who would be president. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. I I mean, I tried to, and I couldn't find anything. I was like, can you please tell me, Devin? Because he watches it, too, and he couldn't tell me. Oh, my gosh. Well, at least, you know, that obviously didn't work for 2016. But, you know, I'm still, like I said, I'm expecting... Obviously, there to be some manipulation, but the the numbers are so substantially like it's like those 1920 stats that you gave me. They're so substantially like there's the gap is so impressive that they would really like they would have to do like a Biden thing all over again where he got 81 million votes. Well, yeah, you would have. Yeah, you'd have to pause voting at the right time. Like they did last time using some BS excuse and then out of nowhere overnight, bam, we have a lead out of nowhere. That's how I see it going down again. Or they're going to be prepared for it ahead of time with those machines. Yes. Yep. Yep. So what we're referencing, by the way, guys, is uh, in 1920, it was uh, November 2nd, 1920, Warren Harding was elected president and he – and somebody was actually making comments on my Facebook earlier. They're like, Florida blue? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm showing pictures from the 1920 election. <laughs> That's way back when the, the South was Democrat and then the rest of the, the country was Republican before they flipped like they're like we're kind of doing now. There are some states that have been purple or bluish that are starting to become more red. They're not all going to become red, but they're working on it. Like I have been watching very closely the – uh, governor race for Oregon, they say is close to being Republican. That would be crazy in that state. Right? right? And I'm just like, dude. And then they're thinking that that um, Nevada's going to go red. And really, I mean, it comes down to the fact that the, the Las Vegas Strip is not doing well. Um, and they're not doing good money-wise and all that. And that's basically what happens. Like when money's when financial situations start going to shit, you have to start going conservative to figure it out. That's just how it works. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Nevada turns red. They're also talking about Arizona turning back red. And I, I know that Pennsylvania is also, you know, looks like it might might do okay. But I'm kind of iffy about Pennsylvania because there's been a, a lot of successful voter fraud in Pennsylvania. So Yes. But there's one thing that's very telling with this whole midterms. I don't know if you've noticed it. This past weekend, they sent out the Democrat heavy heavyweights out there to campaign in states right now that are very, very close. Yeah. Now, 
I, you, me, the way I look at things, yes, I look at astrology, but I also look at the energy patterns of people and at certain times. Now, um, I really feel this is going to hurt them badly just because of the last times that they've done these things. It's usually a very clear indicator that they are afraid of what's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, even like Obama. Yeah, he went to like five places. Did he? I I, yes. saw, I saw his ad for Pennsylvania. No, he know. hit up five places. I look. I was sitting there. I'm like, they are desperate. If yeah. Obama is flying around like he did for Hillary to get her elected and failed, this is not going to go well. Because really, at this point, anybody that does care about what goes on in the world pretty much knows that all Obama is really good at is he he can speak well. He can't deliver, but he can speak well, so he draws a crowd. Right, right. Sorry if there's barking or knocking, guys. I think trick-or-treaters are trying to come to my door. (laughs) Gotta love this time of year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I picked a great time, great day to do this. But anyway. We weren't even thinking, we'll just do it tomorrow, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Originally, guys, I got like a new fancy mic, and then I don't even think that's the problem now. Oh my god, I, you know, I used to think I used to have horrible like, you know, stigmas against Mercury retrograde, but Mars retrograde in Gemini, in Gemini, that's almost like the same thing as Mercury retrograde, kind of. It the, is the city of Gemini, so I'm just kind of like, yeah. So my technological fuck ups are just still going to continue to happen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> anyway, so um. Yeah, so Big Red Wave, we already talked about that, mirroring similar uh, themes to the 1920 Republican Wave. And when I was looking at – you showed me those uh, images. Let me see. Where are they? Where did they go? Because I I was looking at the numbers on that, and I'm like, yeah, that that totally looks like that'll happen. It's not popping up, but I think it was like 34% to like – 60 or 70 percent like the gap was huge i got it here i got it here so warren harding won by 60.4 percent to james cox 34.1 percent yes that is wild and yes and the go ahead huh okay the only areas of the map that are blue are basically the southeast below the mason dixon line with the exception of tennessee and oklahoma yeah. Yeah. So I'm expecting, again, like, I, you know, I said a couple of years back that I'm expecting more states to turn red. Um, I do think that I think one of my one, one of our viewers or listeners asked if Illinois is going to turn red. I don't think Illinois is going to turn red. Illinois, unfortunately, I think has to burn to the ground a little bit more before people either wake up or leave. I think more people are leaving. And that's another thing I saw on some commentators with YouTube, too, like some conservative ones. They're like, people are more likely to leave than to just start voting right. So I'm just kind of like, oh, my gosh. Um, so I don't I don't think I see Illinois turning red. No, know. that is very accurate because a lot of those people are moving into red states. And I've seen it here, specifically in the city that I moved from before I bought the house. Mm-hmm. That city was straight red. For a long, long time. And about two years ago, when everybody from the north started coming that way, 
it started to really drastically change and they started to vote in blue democratic leaders. Oh. Now that city has an insane homeless epidemic and I left a year ago. All right. There's prostitution going on at drive throughs There's drunk sales occurring in drive throughs for restaurants. Oh my God. It's bad. And the cost of living is, is, is outrageous where people can't afford to live out there. And this is a year ago. Wow. So this is from one year to the next. So they're bringing their policies into red states. They're bringing their voting to red states. And I, I ask myself often, do they realize what their influence is doing to these areas and that they're turning them into the places that they're trying to flee from? No, because they're programmed so much that they don't realize that their vote is actually exactly. causing this. That's true. But that's a lot with what's going on, like, not just for the November, but – I would say it's safe to say this is going to go on for the next couple of months, if not definitely the rest of 2022, of people having really hard second thoughts about, you know, consequences for their really shitty decisions. Yep. And, you know, this whole midterm, what's going on with Russia and with and with the Twitter takeover, these are all repercussions of poor decisions. Of course. And, I, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's wild. And, and, and I, I like to reference all of these because, again, people are going to be on the different side of the fence for every one of these issues. And, but it's all the same kind of themes. Sometimes shit has to hit the fan. Sometimes when shit hits the fan, it's a good thing because what was going on prior wasn't helping anybody. Sometimes shit hits the fan when there's good things going on and you're just going to have to rebuild. And, you know, we are in the the very heat of our Pluto return, and since we are the the country of the free world, and we have to dig our claws into literally everything, it, we are like the the uh, great metaphor of putting all your eggs in one basket. Like we're trying to like make everybody put their eggs in our basket, mm-hmm. and then we're tr- we're in the process of imploding. Absolutely, oh yeah, definitely. That pressure is building up, and that eclipse season, I think, bring the eclipse really does bring it out to the pressure cooker because it's conjunct Uranus, it's conjunct yes. the North Node, and then it's opposing Mercury and Venus on either side and the South Node. I mean, there's a lot of intensity just on that day alone. Yeah, I'll pull up that chart now that we're talking about it, too. So Yeah, yeah. and then here's something I wanted to say about that November 2nd of 1920 chart and then yeah. the chart of November 8th. Um, the nodes are flipped. You have the north node in, in Scorpio conjunct the sun. And then you have the south node in Taurus at six degrees. With this chart, it's about a 10, less than 10 degree difference, but now the nodes are flipped here. Fascinating. The north node in Taurus is the quest to overcome your distrust of change. To develop creative outlets for your intense emotions and to avoid hitting out, hitting it out on loved ones. These attributes plagued you in this life because of the suffering and traumatic endings of past lives, which you left, which left you with deep emotional wounds and a feeling of being cheated. In learning this life's lesson of trusting the process of change, you will develop the newfound sense of peace and stability. So with the North Node being currently in Taurus, 
the the opposing uh, phenomenon with Scorpio is that Scorpio or Plutonic energy uh, embraces change. They are changed. They love transformation. That's the whole, you know, mm-hmm. emphasis of Scorpio. So back then in 1920, there was I think that I think that was when Uranus was in Aries as well. So usually when Uranus is in, in Aries, um, that's somebody who's brash, um, quick to to just take chances, leap before they look, that kind of thing. And there was a lot of you know innovation going on in the 1920s. So I think there was a lot of hope. And a lot of like, well, this could be better, and this could be better, and this could be better. But in this day and age right now, people think that everything is terrible and that they have uh, – that the way that they're doing, that they want to do things, they're, hold, they're holding on to those. Like, we need to keep this this way, but we should also, you know, completely gut this. I All I know is that there's – with those being flipped is right now we're at a standstill with cooperation as opposed to back then where people kind of just embraced the change. So that's where I would see that that's different. Didn't you also say that Pluto is just in the opposite sign during that time? Let me see. Pluto. Uranus is actually in Pisces at the first degree in that chart. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, Pluto is literally in Cancer at eight degrees. Okay. And then at the opposition, you have Mars and Vesta in the third house. Isn't the United States sun at 13 degrees of cancer? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so that's a close conjunction. So, Very close. So with Pluto conjunct the sun, it would it would be like a complete gutting of the country. So when someone asked or made, made a comment about how all the, the – what we consider traditionally red states were blue then, and then the rest of the country was red – that was when the huge flip really happened, or be, uh, is when Republican took majority, and then all the states just started flipping again. So if that's the case, then I'm assuming that a lot of states are going to start flipping too, because what we what you just talked about, um, you know, I even have the same problem with the area I live in Washington, is that you know people from California. And people from Oregon and people from, you know, the blue side of Washington are moving over here because power is cheap and, you know, it's more affordable and whatever else. And we are going slowly from being a deep red to a a mild, like, red, and now it's pink. Yeah, it's it's turning purple. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh, my God. So, so I – Trust me, I understand that. So it would make sense – like, I, would, I'm, I guess I'm just going to throw this out there. States that have been traditionally red for a long time might end up turning blue within the next couple mm-hmm. of years. And the states that have been blue for a while could turn red. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be Illinois or New York right away. I, I honestly think I would give it maybe maybe like three or four years. And I think New York is going to turn red. Maybe governor. At least, or well, the governor's race is right now. So if New York does not win the red, because they're they're saying that the guy who's running um, for New York governor might win, but I mean we'll see how that goes. If he doesn't win, I think the next time there's a gubernatorial race for New York, it might turn red. But I Illinois, think so. Illinois, though, I don't know about them. 
I don't think so. Only because they continue to vote for the same people, therefore the same policies. Until they wake up, it's it, like you said, There's there will be a mass exodus like there was from Detroit before it flips red. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hope that, like, Florida doesn't turn blue. I don't think it would, only because of everything that DeSantis had, has literally stood a hard line on. Like, one thing that I don't, I think you, you may have read about it, or we, I did, we did talk about it actually, about the CDC, um, saying that school age children need to get, should get the vaccine. It's a recommendation. Yes. Yes. Now, I don't know if any other governors have come out and said this. I know DeSantis for sure said something because he said it at at the immediate onset of the news being sent out that in the state of Florida, he was not going to mandate the COVID vaccine for children to go to school. So there's a lot that DeSantis is doing that I feel is setting him up for a presidential run right now. I don't oh, yeah. see Florida going red. I mean, blue at all. Um, California would be surprising to see if it turned, but I think it's going to take a lot more to happen out there for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, California def- definitely needs some time. Like, even the the idea that um, the gubernatorial race in Oregon might be red is kind of shocking to me. and. Especially like uh, one of the one of the counties that's like bordering the county that Portland is in is mm-hmm. also um, suspected to turn red. I'm like, dude, <laughs> unless these recent policies that they voted in are 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 what's making them change their minds, because I think Oregon passed um, one year they voted to 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 decriminalize the use of hard drugs. Yeah. Yeah. They so did I that in may- Washington, too. Yeah, so maybe we're seeing just people realizing how bad these things are, and they're now seeing that these these insane ideas are no longer a smart idea. Yeah, a lot of what I've heard, um, like just through local channels, is that um, Portland is such a hellhole because of uh, Antifa and all that, that there is no law in the streets at all. Like, I, I know some people that, like, usually go to Portland for vacation or, like, you know, just go to visit. Mm-hmm. They don't even go there anymore because they say it's too dangerous, which it is. It's too dangerous. I wouldn't even go anywhere near Seattle anymore. I was supposed to go to a concert tonight in Seattle, and I chose not to go. Wow. Because I'm just like, you know, my safety, my, it, it, you know, because, I mean, I could take my gun over there, but I can't take my gun into a concert hall. Yeah. And it's right down, like, right in the downtown area that's been getting shot up and, like, where the original Starbucks launched its store. And they've even closed down because of violence. Yeah, I did so read like, that. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Sorry, I'll just eat the ticket money. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's just crazy. But you know, so what? What else do I have here? Um, yeah. So Mars being retrograde. That we talked about. That that just went retrograde. It'll be retrograde until when is it again? March. Which planet? Mars? Mars. It's going to be until, I think it's March. Okay, yeah. Okay, so everybody will be reflecting on past actions, also rethinking choices, and then also the emphasis with squares to Saturn to Venus. That'll be on the 6th of November. And then we also have a square with Saturn to Mercury on the 9th. So a conflict of discussion but before that conflict of discussion comes up, it'll be something to do with um, 
Venus represents a couple different things. It could represent relations with other people. It could represent relations with other countries. It could also have to do with money, because Venus rules also money as well. So there's some sort of, um, you know, uh, stress or or facing reality with your resources, your money, and then mm. communicating that on the day after the election. So, okay. I think, go ahead. Since you said that, that may be the day that the Fed makes their announcement on whether or not they're going to raise interest rates. Oh, have they talked? Have they been talking about maybe doing that? Yes, there is the possibility that they do take them up. If that happens, it's not good for the economy, obviously. Right. Um, they're trying to see if if they can possibly not raise it at this time and look at raising the rates next month. So. There's going to be a huge focus on finances on that day. Okay. I, I fast-forwarded my calendar to the 6th just to see what's going on here. So You're looking at uh, the 6th or the 9th? The 6th. Okay, I was looking at the 9th, but okay. okay. But regardless, you still have that conjunction already in effect anyway. It's tight. It's just more exact on that Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, let me fast forward to Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Mercury conjunct the sun at 17. Ooh. Yeah, okay. So I'm looking at, um, you know, um, midnight, uh, so the beginning of the day, because I don't have, obviously, a time frame for this. Okay. And for, for uh, the start of the day, on the 9th, we, we have Neptune in the 8th house of, of resources, that would be, you know, like the feds basically adjusting the money. And then also the second house is empty. Um, so they may not do something. They're uncertain. Mm -hmm. Then when I, I go back to the sixth, we still have Neptune in the eighth house right there. Good fortune, eighth house. So, uh, yeah, they made. They may not do it just yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're going to actually come out and say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to hold off because they want to see how the election goes. Because, that may be. Yeah, I, I believe that's a possibility, too. Yeah, because basically Ted Cruz, I've been listening to him really hardcore. He says that he's going to if they get a majority that he will be the the next person in line to be like the economic chairman committee or some 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 committee that sees over the economic policies and the spending mm -hmm. and he he basically was like already um spelling out what he thinks he's going to do or he's going to implement the moment that he is the majority ruler on that committee and he says this is how we can fix this this is how we can do this and he he laid out like a very concrete plan I'll, I'll go find what video that is at some point and share it on my facebook for people who want to see it but i was thoroughly impressed he gave like a thorough like this is what's going on this is how we're going to fix it this is what's going on this is how we're going to fix it and he's like this is how we're going to implement it this is how it's going to go through congress and you know even if biden vetoes it we'll do this we'll do that so i'm like he, he's, he's already a, prepared for every possible scenario. Yeah, so he's got a plan. So say that some of the feds have been listening to this, because even though, yeah, you know, people that are behind the feds are just trying to, like, collect all the money as much as they can to their own side. 
they they realize that if they completely destroy the economy, they don't have any, you know, c- cash cow money coming in. Like, mm-hmm. they, they just kind of screw themselves over. They can sit there and, you know, be Scrooge McDuck with the money that they have, but they're not going to, you know, produce any more if there's nothing to produce it from. So I do think that with this chart kind of saying that they're going to wait, and, I, I, I'm, I am leaning towards they may wait to see how this election's going to go. And, you know, I do think that once – Obviously, um, we we have this red wave uh, that there will be, you know, some sanity that will come back to Congress. For But the thing we have to be realistic about is that doesn't happen until January. Yeah. So they can't do shit until then. So let's hope that they don't like, you know, you know, hit the annihilation button, the Democrats, because you I don't know if you remember that chart, but I did. I did a chart for Nancy Pelosi's majority congressional house. Uh, in a blog a few years back, mm. and the she had Blackman Lilith on the ascendant in that chart, and it basically said that like they're going to have it their way or no way, and they're willing to like throw the baby out with the bathwater if they don't get their way. Yeah. So I do really think that after this election is a red wave, even with them trying to cheat, I think that there's going to be a complete meltdown. I mean, obviously we knew that they're, they're all going to freak out, but like they're going to go full destruction mode in every way possible. And, uh, Oh my God. I just feel like it's a huge chess game going on right now. And like, we're, we're like the white side or something. And the Democrats are the black side. And like, we're just kicking their ass right now. Like the Elon Musk thing. And then yes, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And you know, one of the things that Ted Cruz said, which, you know, I really wish they could take over faster, is that he says, all we have to do is just, uh, he said something about how he can repeal or put in a petition to repeal an executive order. I didn't know that Congress can do that. So he says that the first thing he wants to do when they have a majority is they want to repeal the, the, um, the, I, I guess the stifling that they did with the, the drilling for the, mm-hmm. The contracts, he yeah. says that they're they're gonna lift that red tape so that more people can start uh, getting contracts to drill locally, so we can get gas going again. That would be awesome, but yeah, Congress has way more power than the president. Um, at the end of the day, so Biden or any president can put in any orders that they want to put in, but if the people don't support it and they rally hard enough with their with their congressmen. Yeah. then the congressman can strike down or not implement what they're trying to implement. Right. Right. Yeah, I just didn't know that they could they could actually repeal an executive order. I thought that, that right that was, there is good to know that we have that option. Yeah, like I thought that he says that that's like rarely ever done. But he says that this is like a a very important time to do it. I'm all like, yeah, it, yeah it is. Let's do this. Real. Okay, so we covered Twitter, Elon, Russia and Ukraine, the midterms, the correlation with the 1920. So if for all you history buffs out there, November 2nd, 1920, you can go back and look at the historical documents and, and records for how the election went. We should be see, seeing some sort of parallel going on. And then the – yeah, uh, basically shit hitting the fan this month. Um Reality versus idealism. Do you think so, shit's going to hit the fan on the 6th, though? I just – I keep staring at that chart. 
<sighs> you have a 12 o'clock time, right, for that day? Yeah. Okay, the yeah. only reason why I keep staring at this chart and I keep going back to it is you've got the stellium and Scorpio smack in the fourth house. And then you've got Uranus and the north node way up in the tenth house. I'm wondering what's going to come out that's going to cause some instability before this election. There's going to be some bomb that's going to get dropped that's oh, going to yeah. rattle people big time. Because let me see. Why is this not working? I was on the, the seventh. So the government is going to do some some crazy You there, Ray? If you're there, I cannot hear you. <laughs> oh my god. I swear to god that that audio from Okay. Okay, good. Okay. So it's there. No, we, like, we oh, still Lord. have we still have the previous audio. It's sent out. Oh, we God, can thank okay. Mars for fucking with us again and fucking up our recording, but we got this. Oh my God, I was gonna lose my shit if we <laughs> like if it wasn't there. I was gonna be like, oh hell no! I know. Yeah. I was waiting in the chat. I'm like, please pop up that you saved it because we're gonna be screwed. <laughs> God. Anyway, jeez. Okay, so what was I guess I, I I guess some powers do not like what we're discussing right now. <laughs> no fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. Um. So, so anyway, so what I was saying is that for the first of November, we have all the fixed signs on the angles, which means that there's going to be no, no, nobody's going to get any headway anywhere. Nobody's going to be cooperative. Nobody's going to compromise. Everybody's going to be, like, digging their heels in and saying, this is what's fucking happening or else. So we're going to be seeing some hot stuff happen. So mm -hmm. we're going to be seeing the Nancy Pelosi and all, which I think part of, like, the story coming out about her husband and stuff is part of it. Um, there's going to be also kinds of crazy semantics from the government and the authorities and the mainstream media. There's More false some, flags. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. More false flags like this whole Pelosi incident. There's just too many things that don't add up with the story. I can poke holes in it all day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So first <laughs> off, first off, you know how many people don't like Nancy Pelosi. So, like, you know she's got a fortress. Secondly, we know she's got to have security. Thirdly, we know that, like, with how bad crime is in San Francisco and she's completely, like, you know, closed off from it, that she's got, like, some sort of hardcore barrier. Thirdly, the the police – reports and i guess like the calls are different than the original narrative uh there was another person in the house he somehow knew that person or the guy who got in and oh my god and then there's this other thing where they're saying that like nancy pelosi's husband might be gay and oh my god like involved with that guy but then the other crazy thing is they're trying to say he's a q QAnon guy but he also his his apartment when they arrested him um, his Black Lives Matter flags up, and he's an illegal. I know. I was just about to say that. Here, here's another kicker. Anyone that lives on anybody that lives on the West Coast, and if you're listening and you want to confirm it or deny it on our post, you're more free than welcome to. You already know that if you live in Nevada or you live in California or maybe even in Oregon in um, the major cities, there is cameras on every single 
intersection, every corner you go on, there's cameras yeah. watching 24-7. So yeah. how is it that no cameras caught this guy getting into the place? Yep. Yeah. And like like I said, like he, I'm sure that she lives in a mansion. So like this guy got in there, you know, like we're assuming he's never been in there before. Mm-hmm. Made his way through everything, got up to where Mr. Pelosi is, attacked Mr. Pelosi, like didn't make any noise to alert him, didn't didn't get anybody else's attention. Like there's something else weird going on. So oh, yeah. you know, but you know, they're just trying they're trying to basically say, Oh, well they're just trying to attack us because they're crazy January sixth people. Yeah, I've been hearing that one a lot. Oh my god. Yeah. But um anyway, so now I'm trying to think. Sorry guys, I've been having like a I've been having like an airhead day. I don't know if there's like oh yeah, I should know. Today is let's see. What is going on? I've been seeing other people drive all weird today too. Have you been feeling out of it today? Girl, I've been I'm always out of it. Okay. I'm gonna put it to you like that. I'm just always out of it. I'm always doing something. Um today, no, I haven't been out of it. Um mostly yesterday I felt that. It was like it, you were just floating through the day. Yeah. Like you're on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Anyway. <laughs> so oh yeah, another thing I was supposed to do that I ha I didn't even do guys sorry transits for the uh derp derp a derp hold on 2022 one month okay transits to transits that is not what i want transits to transit so tom brady is having a pretty bad retrograde period what is going on? Man, he, he's getting divorced. Oh. And 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 he is on a really bad losing streak. That's just the headlines I've read so far. Oh, gosh. Remember, he retired. 40 days after he announced the retirement, he said he was coming back. And then that's when his problem started. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, shout out to Bill. We're not talking baseball because I don't know anything about I don't even think I've ever watched a baseball game in my life. Sorry, Bill. I did when I was <laughs> young, but I have fallen out of it in like the last 15 years. So I I don't know absolutely anything anymore about baseball. That's what you got Theodore White for, man. He's all We love you, though. Yeah. Sorry. Go. go. F I don't even know who he's rooting for. Is it the Phillies? Oh, yeah, he is. He's hardcore Phillies. If it wasn't for the fact he like talks about that every waking moment he's on social media, I probably wouldn't even remember. <laughs> Anyway, so let's let me just go through really quick the major transits going on. So we've got for November second we have uh, Venus Quincunx Curon, and for the third we have Mercury Sesa uh, Square transiting Neptune, overstimulated imagination, subtle perceptions, confusion, uh, misperception or deceit. I'll, I'll make sure to mm. look at look at the days that we were talking about too. Yeah, November third, Venus sets a square to Jupiter. Excessive sociability, desire to party, dramatic, extravagant gestures, overindulgence, or overvaluing something. 
Then we have, for the fourth, we have Mercury says to square Mars. Impulsive reactions, fast-paced, troubled problems, irritation, mechanical breakdowns, arguments, and conflicts. That is a very similar signature that happens during Mercury retrogrades. Then on November 5th, we have Venus opposition Uranus, an intense social excitement, unusual displays of feelings, unconventional behavior, artistic rebellion, unstable feelings. So uh, the Yomi saying false flags happening, that's the 5th of November, which I think is pretty funny. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Oh, oh girl. Yeah. Yeah. We we gonna have to be glued to our. I'm gonna have to figure out how to be glued to my phone in case something happens. I'll watch and keep you updated. That works have, for me. I have no. I have no life. <laughs> I don't either. I'm a slave to my job at this point. <laughs> On the sixth, which is one of the days we were we were looking at Mercury Quincunx Curon. and then also on the sixth we have Venus square Saturn. Uh, I already mentioned that distance from others. Inhibitions, utility over be- beauty, exact distinction, serious or traditional social matters. So, okay, so let's let's go ahead and piece this together. So November 5th, they're going to be doing some weird, unconventional, you know, off-the-wall things. And then the 6th indicates social matters and distancing from others. So there's going to be something scandalous that happens the first week of November, like around the 5th or the 6th there. Then we look at the 7th. We have Mercury, Sessa Square, Jupiter, mentally pushing your limits over assimilation, interest in learning and travel, overconfident judgment or opinions. This is the day before the election. So that's that's the mainstream media blowing smoke up everybody's ass about how it's not going to be as bad of a bloodbath as it is going to be. It's just like when they boldface lied to everybody during the 2016 election and said Hillary was doing great, and until the until the very end, some people didn't even realize what happened. What we're going to be hearing on repeat on the seventh is going to be the Pelosi situation. Whatever happens over the weekend is going to be dramatically magnified because they're going to be trying to push the narrative that you don't need to vote red on the seventh. Right. That's my prediction. Right. right. And then the eighth here, we have Mercury opposition uh, Uranus, and it says mental tension, fixation on one point of view, rigidity of mind, radical views challenged, interrupted communications. So riots. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am expecting that. Um, November 9th, we have Mercury square Saturn, narrow focused thinking in exclusions, limitation in transportation or communication. Overly exacting judgments or or delays. So that being the next day after the election, I'm assuming that this is going to be an indicator of a recount or there being something bad with ballots. Mm-hmm. That, that would be that's how I would I, I would uh, translate that. Then November 10th, we have Venus, Trine, Neptune, sensitivity and taste and love and art, enjoyment of fantasy Accurate aesthetic judgments, desire for distant things. So people like processing. So people basically going through cognitive dissonance about what happened in the election is going to be going on for a couple of days after the election happens. Then we have uh, on November 11th, Venus Quincunx Eris. So that kind of indicates 
more riots. Venus, um, Quincunx, Mars, people fighting with each other. Uh, then November 12th, we have Mercury, Trine, Neptune, the use of imagination, accurate intuitive thinking, appreciation of subtleties, artistic appreciation or visions. On November 13th, we have Venus sextile Pluto, the merging of one's survival needs with the, with those of a group, sharing and trusting intense interactions with others. So November 13th, what it looks like, we have actually a couple of different aspects going on. What else is there? Mars sextile Eris, and then we have Mercury, mm. Quincunx, Mars. Okay, so and with Mars being retrograde with all those, so basically what's going to be happening on like the 13th to the 14th, the people who win the majority in the U.S. midterms are going to come out and, and basically announce a game plan and say, this is what we're going to do. Obviously, because Mars is retrograde right now, they can't do anything. And that basically in mundane terms translates to what me and Yomi have already said, that they can't actually do anything until they're sworn into office. So they're just going to be blowing – not blowing smoke, but they're basically just going to be saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to improve stuff. So morale is going to is going to boost, and all the people who decided to vote red, hoping for change, are going to go, oh, my God. I'm so glad I did this. It actually might work, which is, uh, you know, great. Then we look at the 14th. We have Venus sesquare Curon, as well as Mercury sextile trans, uh, uh, to Pluto. And that is uh, themed with penetrating conversations, powers and speech, persuasion, talk of change and sexuality, psychological issues and exposure. So, on one hand, all the people who are hardcore, you know, anti-GOP are going to be losing their fucking minds. And on the other end, they're going to be making some – the GOPs that do win will be making some very strong arguments or laying out plans to fix certain things ongoing. Then we have on the 15th, we have Venus Trine, Jupiter, comfortable social conditions, generosity, friendliness, big productions or gatherings. And then we have – Mercury Sessa Square Curon again. Um, in the 16th, we have Mercury Trine Jupiter, good judgment, speculative thought. Then the 19th, we have Mars Square Neptune. Uh, this is something I emphasized on in my notes. Indecisiveness, complex situations requiring force, competitive actions which are secret or hidden. This is the sabotage that I've been expecting. Conflicts yeah. of beliefs or ideologies, disappointments, the urge to escape, leakages. Remember that one? Oh. Leakages. Yeah. So the same thing with the Nord Stream pipeline just exploding. Expect a theme like that. So I would not be shocked if some sort of red flag or false flag attack happens on the 19th of November. So I am uh, – so we, we were initially like feeling – some something scandalous or attention grabbing may happen on the the fifth or the sixth of November, but something destructive theoretically will happen at the nineteenth to the twenty first of November. Okay, so, let me stop you there on that one. Go ahead. Because the twenty first is when, according to all the notes I've taken, is when the United States is supposed to completely run out of diesel. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <gasps> no! Now, yes, this, but this is everything I was looking at last night. We have 25 days from last week 
of diesel left to run this country. All right. Now, Saudi Arabia made an announcement recently where they've told the world that we need to be ready for energy shortages worldwide. Hmm. So, definitely want to keep an eye on the 19th to the 21st because they may be announcing something about diesel and they've asked why they're not drilling and why we're not keeping our reserves. And from what I understand, I think his name is Blinken. He stated that they have been doubling their efforts in sending stuff to Europe. Oh, my God. So we're yeah. literally sending what we have in diesel to Europe to keep them running at this point. Oh, my God. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announce rises in energy costs here in the United States at that time. Um, <sighs> I know. Oh, my God. I know that or there's probably a leak in the energy. There's a leak in news out of the energy sector that they've been trying to keep hidden and they can no longer keep hidden. Well, think of like how we we trans we saw the leakages thing as a signature for when the pipeline exploded and no longer could be used. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what if it's what if the correlation is like no more gas? It could be. I mean. I mean, that's that's how I've been seeing it, because if we if we run out of diesel, then essentially, you know, we can't run food. Trains can't run. Trucks can't run. Our truckers are going to be parked. This will completely destroy. um, The financial sector and just the economy in general. And this this totally makes me feel like Nancy Pelosi knew that this is all going down and they knew that they were going to. You know, it was going to be a bloodbath, so they're basically just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Pretty much. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? Anyway, let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. Uh, Mercury Sessa Square transiting Eris um, on the 22nd. So more people talking about angry stuff. Uh, angry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Square. It's like people are just really mad. <laughs> like, hey. I don't blame yeah. them. The cost of oil is now $10 for a small bottle. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, November 24th, there's Mercury, semi-square Pluto, mental intensity, troubled mind, passive-aggressive arguments, persuasive speech, craftiness, strategy, paranoia? That's what it what? says with a question mark. Yeah, so people <laughs> could be losing their marbles. Wait, there's that's also- Thanksgiving, the 24th? Yeah, people aren't going to be able to afford turkeys or nothing. I know. Can you imagine? Like, well, it, it, people, I mean, look at it this way. Just start a new tradition and cook whatever you can and just cook something different. You know, you know what's crazy? I was looking in my deep freezer the other day because like, it actually got unplugged or something, so I had to check and make sure everything was there. I still have a turkey from last year. Dang, girl. Freezer. I'm hoping it's still okay. It should be if it's been in the freezer. Damn, you know what? I'm prepared. Yeah, you are, because we're not having turkey. I don't know what we're having. I think my son wants mac and cheese. Um, my husband wanted to make ribs. I'm like, just just cook something. I don't care. I got to go to work the next day. So Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I, when mom's like, my mom was like, is that turkey okay? I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. It's been frozen. And I was like, and my mom goes, why do you have a turkey in there still? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess we need it. Because I saw how yeah. expensive the turkeys are. 
My goodness. People get well, hey, people won't even be able to travel to go to Thanksgiving no. dinners because there will be no, no gas. There will be no gas. That's why we gonna be so mad because we oh, wow. have no gas to go nowhere. Wow. So it's just gonna be like you know a Zoom call family gathering. It'll be like the seventies and stuff oh, where no. you gotta line up for gas. Oh my god, that's scary. <laughs> it is scary. The twenty sixth of November. It's like ter- it's hard to get through the whole month. The twenty sixth. Mars retrograde. What are you doing to us? Yeah, I know, right? The 26th of November, Venus, semi-square, Pluto, the desire to meet one's biological needs, jealousy, territorial disputes, obsession, people fighting over stuff. I mean, that's kind of typical because that's like Black Friday-ish. Yeah. You know, uh, Venus trying Curon. Let's see. Um, Then on the 27th, we have Mercury Quincunx Uranus. Um, Then on the 28th, we have... Mars trine Saturn, harnessed or controlled power, easy control or suppression of anger or hostility, discipline, patience, endurance, resistance, getting things done, accomplishment, progress in business or practical matters, and fortunate delays. And that's sixth house related on top of that with Saturn. Yeah, the 28th. (sighs) And then Venus quincunx Uranus again. So quincunx is kind of like a... Like, this is painful and difficult, but it's actually a good thing. So that those two aspects are are sandwiching in that one that says that, you know, um, fortunate delays. Yeah. So I'm wondering what that'll be about. So by by the sounds of it, guys, there looks like there will be a silver lining towards the end of November. But I don't know exactly what that is at this point. We'll just see how it goes. Um, then finishing up the month on the 29th, we have... Mercury, opposition, Mars, impulsive reactions, fast pace, trouble, problems, irritations, mechanical breakdowns, arguments, conflicts. Um, then we have Mercury, sextile, Saturn, rational, logical thinking, concentration and focus, serious communication, organization, and agreeable solitude. And then the final day. Well, we the have, moons can also conjunct the Saturn that day, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is. So, uh, moon conjunct Saturn, too. People are, I have that natally. You're able to kind of like, um, put your emotions aside and think more, um, mature wise, I guess. What's, what, what's the word? Like, make serious choices instead of like your emotions kind of feeding into how you decide to do something. You go, I understand this is how I feel, but this is the reality of the situation and this is what I have to do. That's kind of like what that is. Similar to like Capric- Moon Capricorn kind of a vibe. Then the final aspect we have, Venus opposition Mars. Passionate or very emotional reactions. Tense sensuality. Difficulties with assertiveness. And difficulties with cooperation. So November is going to be full of people fighting each other. People causing histrionic shit fits. There being false flags. Crazy narratives from the media. The Democrats probably trying to, like, completely derail what's left of the United States collectively, a red wave, the rest of the world telling everybody, like, telling everybody to fuck the United States. Yeah, it's going to be an eventful month. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> anyway. It's going to be. Do you have the whole any- world's burning around us. That's all. That's all we're going to deal with for the month. Just everything kind of just burning around us. And we're going to be like, okay, this it's got to burn someday. 
Well, apocalyptic has two kinds of meanings, so it could be like catastrophic end of the world. But then, if you look at the Greek origin of apocalyptic, it says enlightening. So we have to go through all this bullshit to be enlightened. Well, I kind of see it too, like like um, transformation in a way myself. I yeah. don't see it as the end. I see it as the end of a way of being going into the next. So a trans uh, a transformation that's taking place. Yeah, it's just painful. Be- there won't be an end to anything. It'll just be the end to how you perceive everything. Exactly. So that's, like, my best suggestion I've been telling people since, you know, the infamous Uranus-Pluto square started happening in 2014 or 15 is that do not cling to the rock. Let go. Yeah. You're, you're better off trying to figure out what's going on later down the current than you are clinging. Yeah. There's no point in trying to stay in the tower and salvage what's in that tower. If it's falling, it's because it needs to fall. Yep, and the United States is the next Tower of Babel. Yep, yep, yep. Unfortunately, we live here. But, you know, with the way that the United States has their claws and everything, they pretty much affect everything else, too. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, for me, at the end of the day, yes, I know we're not fully free as a people, but we are freer than most nations. And I am at least grateful for that much. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. America. Anyway, I hope that you all have a good November. I hope that we didn't completely scare you. But, you know, the the whole year's been kind of escalating up to all these things we were talking about. And it's and it's all kind of, you know, rolling downhill into this huge shitstorm. And here you go. And this is 2020, y'all. 2022. Right. Just cling to your peoples. Reach out to your peoples. Check on them. Make sure they're good. Um, Like we've been saying for a while, it is now time for us to focus not so much on what's going on outside of our awareness or outside of our local communities, but we need to focus on our local communities um, and definitely work on helping each other out through these difficult times. Yep. Yep. And gardens aren't going to help much people right now because we're all in winter. No. Like. Yep, so it's just got to be, you just got to be smart with your resources and all that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, tune in till next time. It was good talking to you, Yomi, and thank goodness our first part of the recording did not go away. I would have been thank so God. pissed. I so know. Pissed. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'll let you go. Have a good right, time, guys. Bye. Bye.